T-Mobile has been building America's largest 5G network for this epic 5G moment. Introducing the new iPhone 12 Pro. Now at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage. Download, upload, and game at 5G speed in more places. Unleash the power of iPhone 12 Pro with T-Mobile. Capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain plan or features. See T-Mobile.com. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to The View from Laura's Window a podcast where life is explored through positive Christian thoughts. And when I say window, I'm referring to the view or perspective of life and how we think, act, and react. You know, everyone has a window. And yes, every window has a different view. And sometimes our view may not always be clear, and sometimes it may not always be focused. But I hope through this podcast, and a positive Christian mindset, you will have a much better perspective. So open up those windows, your hearts, and your thoughts to the encouraging view from Laura's perspective. Well, hey guys, welcome to the podcast. I'm Laura, your host, and today's Tuesday, and today my guest is Susanna Akers, and Susanna is the mother of three grown children, two daughters-in-law, one son-in-law, and a grandmother of four. She has earned three degrees from the Tennessee Tech University, a BS in Child Development, an MA in Educational Psychology, and an EDS in Educational Psychology. She worked as a school counselor for Putnam County Schools for 10 years, as well as one year for the Metro Schools in Nashville, Tennessee. She is currently writing her second book, which is the sequel to her first, documenting her battle with alcohol. She also has a blog on SusannaAkers.com titled Acres of Hope. You can find her on all of the social media and I will add that in at the end and on the show notes. So I welcome her today and I hope that you get something out of this. If you know somebody that is going through a struggle with alcohol and battling that struggle, please listen in on this and um, hopefully it will help. Well, hey, friends, and welcome. Today is Tuesday, Tuesday all day long. And yes, it is Tuesday's talk day. Or wait, is it Tuesday talk, Tuesday's talks, Tuesday talks? (laughs) Well, whichever it is, I'll figure it out. Anyway, it is a place where we can get up close and personal with each other in a no judgment zone and talk about all the stuff, the stuff that hinders our view, as well as ways to clear the view for a more focused perspective. And our guests will share their encouraging stories, thoughts, and ideas for us as the listener to learn from and resonate with. And yes, faith-based conversations are encouraged because a life with faith is a life with purpose. So let's get started. How are you doing, Susanna? 
I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, talking about your story. I know you have one. Many people do have stories, but um, I've been following your son, Judah and the Lion, and his music for a good while now. And his music speaks of you a lot. And um, I wanted to know if you could share a little bit about yourself with the listeners and a little bit about who you are. Okay. I, I do want to thank you for having me. I'm, I'm um, excited to be here and share. Um, basically, um, I grew up in Cookville, Tennessee, um, since I was eight months old. Um, my parents were um, godly, great people. We were in the church pretty much any time the doors were open. Um, they were loving and caring and uh, providing and just just good people, loved Jesus, loved the kids. Um, my dad was a very hard worker, entrepreneur. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, um, had a very lovely childhood. Um, met my now ex-husband, but met him in, when I was 13 at Colville Junior High. <laughs> and um, we were pretty much together except for one year in high school. We broke up one year, and th- but we were together since we were 13. Um, Started college at Tennessee Tech um, in 1985, fall of 1985, and we got married the following year. Um, I got a degree in child development, and um, uh, um, my dad agreed to let us marry at 19 as long as I finished college and didn't have a baby before (laughs) before I finished college. That was was the stipulation. So basically, my first son, Eli, came. um, He actually came eight weeks early, and I had planned it out exactly. Um, But he came a week before graduation, and he was tiny. He weighed four pounds and four ounces. Oh, wow. Um, When we took him home, we were 22 years old. He weighed three pounds and 15 ounces. And um, when he was um, three weeks old, he actually coded. He died for 25 seconds. Um, We had to, they helicoptered him to Vanderbilt in Nashville, where he stayed for a week, and they never found out uh, what was wrong with him. Um, It was sort of a miracle that we even, you know, kind of figured out there was something wrong. But um, so then he was born in 1989, and then um, we were praying honestly and fasting about when we were going to have our next baby and I literally was I drank diet Mountain Dew all day for three days we were <laughs> fasting for three days wow. and I was already pregnant with Judah it makes explain <laughs> some yeah. of the crazy in him but um he came along 18 months after Eli um when he was four months old his lung collapsed he had massive pneumonia and um he had to be life flighted to Vanderbilt as well and was there for him for a month, for a week. Um, but he, he had RSV and anyway, it was traumatic to me at the time. So 22 months after that, uh, we, um, we were again considering having another baby. We wanted him close. We, we wanted him close. And, um, Annie came along and, um, she ended up having some trauma too. She drank some cough medicine and had to, um, you know, spend the night in intensive care. But um, my doctor told me that, you know, I was going to have great teenagers because I had been through enough with them. If they 
and yes. you know what? And I just said, you know what? I, I received that. And I, um, and I, and they were, they were great teenagers. Um, I had a wonderful marriage. My husband was just, he was the best. He, I always said he was like a second mom. He would get up in the night after I quit nursing and, um, you know, feed the babies and, oh, he's just a great, the best dad. Um, I was a stay at home mom for 15 years. Um, the kids did everything. Um, um, oh goodness. Um, they played travel ball and Annie rode horses and we were always just everywhere. And Eli was a good little athlete and always, you know, did really well, but Judah was an exceptional athlete. Um, and honestly could have played uh, basketball or baseball in college, um, Eli or golf. Um, Eli could have probably played at a junior college or something, but Judah was always better. And, um, one thing that I love, um, to talk about, about Eli was he's never, ever, ever been jealous of Judah. He's always been, it's very unusual. He's only 18 months older and, um, He's so, he's such a great support. He's such a he's such the perfect big brother. And um, what's the age differences between eighteen them? months? Eighteen months between Judah and Eli, and then twenty two months between Judah so and Annie. They're all so probably pretty older. close then. Very close. They're That's still good. very 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 close. My two. Uh, I have two. A, uh, a daughter and a son, and there's four years difference. So yeah. they're probably not as close as what yours are. <laughs> yeah. Well, my brother actually is four years younger than me, and my sister's four years older, and so we didn't. Um, we weren't super close. Um, my sister, um, you know, took good care of me, you know, she just, um, the high school back then was just three years. So we were never, you know, in school together, but she, she was, um, she was wonderful. She actually died in, um, 2018 of January. Um, I'm sorry. Oh yeah. It was, it was traumatic, but, um, but yeah, so Judah, um, I made them all take piano lessons. I kind of forced them to. I was forced to when I was a kid. I hated it. I hated it bad. Um, but they took from our music, uh, our uh, worship leader at our church, and then they liked it okay. And 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 um, um, when Judah was in third grade, um, his music teacher, they had a little chorus, and his music teacher um, came to me and said, um, "He's special." you know, he's, he's got a gift. And he said his athletic ability, um, is part of what makes him a great musician. And I didn't understand that. I didn't know athletes were musicians. So, um, he, he did a little, um, lip sync, of uh, Jesus freak in front of the whole school, uh, Toby Mac or DC talk yeah. or whoever that was. And, um, so anyway, um, he got to high school and was taking IB music and was in the chorus and all those things as he was excelling in sports. Um, and the same music teacher was now at the high school. And so he came to me one day and he said, he's got it. He's, he's got it. And, uh, he's special. And, um, about that time he got offered, um, about a year later, he got offered a baseball scholarship at Belmont, which is a, um, a music school, as you know, here in Nashville. And so that's kind of how his career with Judah and the Lion got going. Um, he thought he would be a worship leader. He, he really, that's kind of what we thought he would do. Um, but of course he met Nate and Brian one day at the, um, the bell tower and it just, it just clicked. Um, so it's special. It's a special group. Um, 
I'll go into that more later, but then, um, um, you know, and Annie is just, um, you know, just so special too. I, she, uh, is a stay at home mom with three kids. Eli now is a CPA in Knoxville and his wife, Katie, which was his high school sweetheart. They both went to UT Knoxville. Um, she's a speech pathologist. She was in the schools, but they've had a little baby, Elizabeth, uh-huh. and she's staying home with her. So that's, that's just lovely. And, um, Judah married Lindsay and, um, you know, I'm very, 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 very blessed with just the most awesome in-laws. They all love Jesus. They all love my children. Um, How many grandchildren do you have? I have four now. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So Judah has two dogs, um, Joshie and Scooby, and um, they're white huskies, and they look just like him when he had that white hair and blue eyes. And they're beautiful. Dotes. I've seen their they pictures. Are. Yeah. <laughs> they are. And Lindsay dotes on those dogs, and they, they love those <laughs> little puppies. And so um, they're real sweet. And then Annie um, had three babies in three years, just like me, um, except I think hers are two months closer than mine. She had Hensley in um, 16. He's He um, is a spitting image of his dad, Jesse. And um, Jesse is he's an entrepreneur. I don't understand what he does. It's some kind of web design marketing stuff with startups, but now he's actually working with Amazon doing the same thing. Um, and Annie stays home with the uh, babies. They met at Bethel in Redding, California, and he went to ministry school out there and that's where they met. And, um, he's, he's lovely. I've got the most wonderful in-laws. Um, but her, she, he had Hensley in 16 and then, um, Eden came 18 months later and then, um, they thought they were going to be finished, but got a surprise and are so thrilled. Um, Elliot, um, came May the, the year, uh, which was, she's a year old. She came when Hensley turned three. So exactly three kids in three years. So yeah, so I have four grandbabies and they're just, they're adorable and just Aren't they the best? I have two, two grandsons. (laughs) So you're, you're more, you're doubly blessed. (laughs) Well, there I am. I am. And so I don't know, Judah's liable to have, I don't know, four or five, you know, who knows, but yeah, they're, well, um, what about you? Um, what about me? Oh, okay. So when Eli was a freshman, I volunteered, um, I taught Bible studies and taught Sunday schools and, um, you know, ran the nursery and did all those things in church, volunteered just like crazy everywhere. And, um, and when Eli was 15, um, I had volunteered there at Cobble High School in the attendance office and, and still continued to do that. But I just, it's a very long story and I won't go into it, but kind of miraculously, um, I went back to school and got a master's and an EDS, um, which is an educational specialist degree. It's kind of between a master's and a PhD um, in educational psychology and um, chose the school counseling route and started um, a job at a middle school as a school counselor in 2005. And I did that up until uh, right at the beginning of 2015, when, when my addiction started, uh, you know, it's kind of when my world started crumbling. Um, without going into much detail, uh, we just kind of had a falling apart in my husband and I just kind of out of nowhere. And again, I don't, I don't, he was such a good husband. I don't want to slam right. him. It, it, it got bad real quick, but um, because of my drinking, yes. um, 
it it um yeah it's a it's a rough disease to battle i can tell you that and i have um you know deep respect for people that have um you know completely recovered and i and i certainly will i know i will i know i know that's my story but um so he we were separated and remember we'd been together since we were 13 and so um on thanks day or two before thanksgiving i got my first dui um i actually um was driving to georgia to stay with some friends so i wouldn't drink um i had attended my very first aa meeting the night before and I was in, um, I, uh, yeah, IOP um, at Bradford there in Cookville. IOP is intensive outpatient um, rehab, kind of, and had taken FMLA leave from school. I was only working part-time. And um, and my principal at the time, I was at the alternative school, was just amazing. His name's JoJo, and he was he was he was great. And um, the superintendent was just, um, or the, you know, the, that's not what they call me anymore. But anyway, she was amazing and everybody was supportive. And um, so I got this DUI the day before Thanksgiving and I went to rehab um, in Alabama. Uh, I needed it and I, and I wanted to quit. I wanted to be done with it. I was, I, I, I so wanted to be done with it. But um, uh, so Is I this when that. it all started? No, it started um, in in 2008. I took a position at Cookville High School, and I was the standalone senior counselor. And anybody that's had children that are seniors understand what a stressful time that is. And I had 500 kids every year. Um, I was there four years. Um, and I was expected to get to know them, to write all their letters of recommendation, um, to schedule all of 500 of them, to get the low ones, the help they needed to graduate and, you know, get work or go to community college or whatever, and to get the high ones into Vanderbilt or Harvard or, you know, wherever else. And it was, and, and then I was in charge of class rank, which sounds like that wouldn't be a big deal, but it is, you know, when you look at valedictorian and, and, mm-hmm. you know, and kids' grades and all that, and it was stressful. Now, I consider myself a good counselor. I love, I love, love children, and I love the being with kids part and hanging with the kids and getting to know them, but it's kind of impossible to get to know 500 kids. Yeah. You know, and then I was responsible for the graduation rate. You know, these kids have had 12 years of counselors and teachers and whatever, but at the end of the day, you know, my name would be in the paper about the graduation rate or whatever. Mm -hmm. So um, I considered it the perfect storm. I had a stressful job and I had had gastric bypass surgery um, in 2005. And it kind of caught up with me because you can't really eat. It's, it's, it's hard to eat. Your, your belly is just gets full really quick. So drinking, we had drank normally for years. I mean, we had, you know, we had, I mean, occasionally over drank or whatever, but not, it was not a problem. Um, but, um, I had my first binge in 2008 and it's just where I started drinking and didn't stop for a couple of days. Um, it was only one that year, but as the years progressed and then when Britt left and, um, and, and he wanted to help me, he didn't know how to help me. Uh, you know, you, it's, it's a, it's a peculiar disease. It's a, it's, and I don't even know how to describe it. And 
a lot of folks don't believe it's a disease, but it, you know, the AMA says it is. So (laughs) I believe that it is. Um, And certainly I've walked it out. And, um, but I think he was frustrated because he saw me do so much. He saw me accomplish everything I set out to do. I got those two degrees in two years. I had straight A's. I, you know, I'm very much a perfectionist. Um, And so I think that was very frustrating for him. And so, you know, he left and I went off to that rehab and um, I was coming back and um, from Birmingham and I was driving by myself and I had, uh, let's just say we had words and um, it was not lovely uh, at all. And I started drinking again immediately. And um, so two days before Thanksgiving, I got a DUI in Cobb County, Georgia. And then two days before Christmas, he was still gone. We were still separated. Um, two days before Christmas, um, I got my second one in Cookville. I uh, went back to rehab, and um, it was a better experience for me, and I thought I was going to be okay, but I just kept relapsing. And um, Were the relapses so, because of things that were going on that... It's, you, can't, you can't really, you can't re yes, yes, but yes, but but I, I, was, I was doing it before, you know what I mean? But it got worse, it got worse. You know, when he left, it definitely got worse for me. Um, again, not his fault. Not his fault. It's, it's my. It's a disease. And I heard somebody say yesterday, it's not your fault, but now you have to be responsible. You know, it's. I have to take responsibility for my actions. But it is a disease. And no more than um, if somebody had cancer that came back, you know, you wouldn't fault them. Or if somebody had diabetes, you know, you just don't, basically I have an allergy. I mean, you know, in AA, that's what they say. You have an allergy to alcohol and, um, you know, not everybody has this allergy. You know, if you have, if I'm allergic to bees and you're not, they can sting me and I can die and they can sting you and you just right. get stung. So um, it's, it's just complicated. It's very, very, very complicated. So I went back to rehab, and then one day, and he was still gone, I was standing at my my window at um, at our home where we raised our kids, and I just thought, you know, no one is telling you what to do. No one, you know, you can quit or not. You can do whatever or not. And I just quit. I just, I just stopped. And uh, my Brit ended up coming back. Um, I stayed sober for pushing a year. Um, That's a good while, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a, it, was, it, was, it was a decent amount. And then we started, you know, your, your, they call it your alcoholic brain, you know, just starts playing tricks on you and you think, I can handle this. You know, I can go back to drinking normal. I did it for years. And so we started drinking again. And um, anyway, it got bad again. It's, it's just, it's just repetitive. I don't, you know, I don't, need to go into all the details. I ended up going back to rehab, rehab again. He, um, he left again for the last time, like two days after my 50th birthday, which was in January of 17. And, um, and, you know, and then we ended up divorcing and, and, um, you know, it's not all my fault, but I'm not going to bash him. He was a great husband and a great father for a lot of years. And it just, it just got ugly. So things like this just kept going on. And then, Something happened on April the 6th of last year. Can you share yeah. what, what happened on that day and how you yeah, were feeling? Um, I was living alone in Franklin. Um, I had moved to Nashville um, 
because I was not doing well by myself in Cookville. And, and you can hear that in some of Judah's music, you know, I was just, I was alone. And I think, um, my fear, and I didn't know I had this fear, um, was about being alone. Um, and there's, there's some psychology to all that. Um, and, 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 I'll share the information from my blog. You can read it in my blog. I know you have, but with my dad and my mom, there's just some, there was some trauma there that I didn't even realize was there. Um, but I never thought I would be alone. I mean, Britt loved me. He loved me hard. He was a good husband and he always loved me and I always knew he loved me. And I, I really am just, I'm a words girl. I'm, you know, a words of affirmation girl. And if he would just tell me everything was going to be okay, even after 9-11 and our business kind of struggled, I didn't, I was okay with it because I knew he would always be there and he was my best friend. And, and so, um, you know, all of that was very traumatic for me. Um, and listen, I would have probably left me way before he left me. So I, I don't, I don't fault him in that, but again, I'm not going right. to, I'm not going to, anyway, he played a part in it too. But, um, so I, um, I was on probation from my, um, well, I got a, I got my, I got a third DUI, um, September 10th of 17. It was two days after my divorce was final. Judah had sold out the ramen, um, on the 8th and 9th of September. And I stayed downtown Nashville with a friend. And on the Sunday following the Saturday concert, she got up and went to, um, the Titans game and I got up and started drinking and I had just taken the auto lock off my car. I had kept it on there even after I didn't have to have it on there just for my protection. Mm -hmm. And I had literally taken it off two days before thinking I was good, which was so ridiculous because I just got divorced. I mean, and I didn't want the divorce um, on the top of the divorce. It says, you know, and I asked him to put it there to let it be known that I did not want the divorce, you know, that I was doing this, you know, for him. And so um, so I got the DUI. It was in uh, Smith County, Tennessee, uh, which is a really small, small county here in Tennessee. Really small. Um, but so I was on, they gave me probation for a year and, you know, and then I had to have the blower on my car again and all of that. And so I was um, a month away from being dismissed in January and um, I had a relapse and um, mom, my mom came, who my mom is a rock star and I've got, I've got several rock stars in my life. And we got to uh, have those, don't we? I do. Yeah. I've got such Peggy and Amber and I've just, I've just, and um, Donna and I, I've just, Lynn, I've, I've got just some amazing, amazing folks that just don't That's leave good. me. Yeah. They, they, they battle for me, but um and Sarah, I, I can't name them all, but Edwina, you know, I just have some really great people yeah. in my life. And um, so mom came to pick me up and I had not checked in with probation. I have to check in with them. Um, I can't remember now if it was once a week or once a month. Hmm. I think it was once a month. And so I hadn't been and um, I made her take me and I was drunk. And so I violated that day. And when you violate probation, generally your first violation, they'll make you, make you stay in jail. They'll put you, when you violate probation, you, you could have to go complete your sentence in jail. So my sentence was going to be up February 1st. And so 
he could have put me in jail for those 23 days and I would have been finished February 1st. My probation would have been over, which in hindsight would have been a much better plan. But um, they let me go. I agreed to um, go to AA every day and all of this stuff. And at, th at that point, and, it, and you'll read in my book that um, I hated AA. I had always been forced to go from, from somebody from rehab or sober living or from the court. And so I really resented it. And I pretty much picked it apart. Um, and there are some issues with it, but, um, so, um, I was doing that and that's when I actually wrote my book, um, was the, between January and that April, um, I went every day and I wrote eight hours a day every day and it just kind of, it just kind of spilled out of me. But on April 6th, I got a public intox in Franklin, um, I was I was drinking in by myself. You don't get those if you're with people, but I always drink by myself. I very rarely drink with people because, first of all, all my friends won't drink with me. I mean, I have very good support. Well, you know, they're not. I don't. Yeah, have you would need that. Yes. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. So, but I'm in Franklin down here by myself, and um, and I have friends here. I have a good church. Gosh, I have an amazing church. I go to the belonging, and it's. It's amazing, and I have, I'm in a connect group, and I, so I had support here, but I did not reach out. And um, so anyway, I get this public intox, and they take me to the hospital, and they realize I'm on probation. So they take me um, to Carthage, and I go before the judge, and my um, PO, um, you know, my probation officer, mm -hmm. is mad. <laughs> He's so mad at me. Um, and there's uh, a girl too, um, Jenna and Daniel, and um, such good people. I mean, they they had been very supportive of me, and um, but just because um, they had had he had had so much faith in you, was he just no? He no, I don't I don't know what it was. I, I think because he had kind of let me off on that first violation. Okay, I think he kind of felt guilty about that. We had to go before the judge and ask and. Normally, they put you in jail for a few days after your first um, violation, and he had let me, he had kind of trusted me. Okay. Um, and so I think I had violated his trust. I just, you know, and um, so they take me to jail. Um, I'm super nervous about it. Um, I don't know how much you want me to go into the jail experience right now, but he... Um, I ended up getting 45 days, which was devastating. I just couldn't believe it. And so um, I do those 45 days, and they want me to go to Teen Challenge for a year. Um, and it's something my children had wanted me to do, especially my daughter, um, because my kids have fought this. You know, this has been terribly hard on them. Um you know, but they, they just want me to be well. They just want their yeah. mom back. They had this perfect, great mom. And then it's just like, it, it's just like they lost us both. And so, um, um, I went to jail for those 45 days and those first 45 days were, um, I mean, it was traumatic and all of that, but you know, I got out and so I was supposed to go to, um, Teen Challenge and I never really wanted to go to Teen Challenge. It, Teen Challenge is a wonderful program and a lot of people get well there. Um, and I'm not going to go into reasons why I didn't want to go, but I had, I had my reasons. And I think, um, 
I don't know, subconsciously, I sabotaged that pretty much. Uh, um, well, you I, had, I read, I think I read in your blog, you had what, like three days, was this the same yes. treatment? You had three days left to go before you started treatment. Well, yeah, no, I was supposed to go. I was supposed to go. I had a week to get there. Okay. Once they let me out, it was, it was like a week I had to get there. And, um, of course I, I got drunk and, um, didn't go. I did not go. And so my PO knew it. And so he, uh, um, I actually ended up in the hospital and the couple police picked me up from there and then transported me back to, um, Carthage to Smith County. And so I got there and got in front of the same judge and the judge is a Christian and I feel like he's probably a good guy, but, um, you know, they were, they were getting pretty tired of me, you know? Um, and, uh, oh gosh, what, I forget even what they call it. Um, gosh, the verbiage, um, they were going to make me stay the rest of my sentence in jail. And so it had, it had moved my probation, you know, it was for a year. Once I violated it, they give you another year. And so, um, I was going to be there for a minute. And after we calculated the days up and did all of that, it looked like I was going to be there until November 10th. But I told him, I, I mean, I cried and I, you know, and I, and I was broken at this point. Um, the first time I went in, I, I mean, I was, I was not good, but this time I was, I was, I was broken. And I know, you know, you wonder what the low point was. I can't tell you. I've had so many rock bottoms. I, I, I can't, oh, my hair's weird. <laughs> I can't, um, I can't even, I, I, I don't know. I've, I mean, I've divorced. I lost jobs. I, you know, there's, there's, I broke my mom's heart. I broke my friend's hearts. Um, I certainly broke my children's hearts, it, it, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's just a weird thing because nobody loved their kids more than me. Nobody, nobody, there's no mom in the world that loved their children more than I right. And it, but that wasn't enough. It, it's an addiction and it's just, it has nothing to do with how much you love your family or right. your husband or, or whatever. Um, True. Because so, if um, you can do it for yourself. That's, and that's finally where I am. Actually, yeah. I have a therapist, a wonderful therapist right now. And he told me that uh, actually this week, he said, in your voice, this is the first time I've ever heard that's great. you be internal with this and this not be an external thing where you want your kids back or you want your job or you want your husband or you're, you know, you're trying to please your mom or, you know, so, um, and it's, it's just difficult. It's just a, it's just a weird thing, but, oh, that's what they call it. They call it laying you down. Uh, the judge laid me down and that meant I had to finish out my sentence in jail. Oh, wow. He said, but I said, well, I'm wanting help. And I think Teen Challenge would still take me and I'll go. I'll go straight from here, bed to bed, um, if you'll let me. So I wrote Teen Challenge a letter of apology and they accepted and were going to take me. And he had told me that these two women were going to help me and to follow them out of the court. So I followed them out thinking that within a week I would be at rehab. They never contacted me they never got with me they never uh, did anything I never heard from them um, I reached out more than once and and so basically I, I'm, I'm stuck there in jail and um, for the first time in my life 
I, I, I couldn't even pray. I couldn't even pray. And I pray all the time. I, I'm, a, I'm a constant conversation with Jesus. I love Jesus. I never once in any of this walked away from Jesus. I never said why. Well, I did say why. I mean, I did. I, I, I wondered why I didn't get, you know, healed back in 2008. I mean, I've prayed that with the last relapse that I've had is, you know, Lord, why did I not, you know, could I not do this in 2008? And he simply said to me in my spirit, Susanna, that's not your story. And this is your story. And, um, you know, and I say this in my blog and in my first book, um, you know, I, I don't know that you can equate it to disobedience, but I did have, you know, there is, some amount of choice in it. it it's it's hard to rectify all of it, but right. um, you know, just like Jonah, um, without him, without his disobedience, there's no Jonah in the Bible. You know, and so it's it's not like I'm unique in that I've struggled and haven't you know haven't completely gotten over it. David struggled even after, but I can tell you emphatically, I never didn't love Jesus, and and so when I'm in jail. Um, this time on April 6th, um, of course, I'm detoxing bad. I've got tremors real bad. I can barely walk. And I'm in a, a cell with one other girl. And there's a, it's just, it's just, it's disgusting. It's, it's what my second book is going to be about. But um, I couldn't, I couldn't even pray. I couldn't even pray. Um, and I, I just I, wouldn't come. I just or... couldn't. I just, I don't know. I, I've never been like that. I haven't never been like that before or after. I just couldn't. I was just so broken. I was just, I couldn't even say, help me, Jesus. I couldn't even, I couldn't do anything. And, so could this have been one of your rock bottoms? One of them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I remember a couple of days in standing at the little bitty window. It's about this narrow and about, you know, yay high. And you're looking out on another brick building that's housing other inmates. And, you know, you don't, it, 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 anyway, at least we had a window. And I remember saying, oh, Lord, you know, help. I don't know what to do. And he simply said in my spirit, you know, Susanna, I told you to be still. I told you to be still that I've got you and you, you, you know, and I do, I try to control everything. I'm a very much a perfectionist and, um, very much a control freak as far as, but, um, you know, just, I just want to fix everything. And, and this you can't fix. No. So this is something that, yeah. yeah. And it's been very frustrating to me because um, I've always been able to fix everything. You know, if I work hard enough or I go at it hard enough, it's been, right. you know, it's been possible. So um, at that point, um, oh, goodness. Um, well, there's a point where I read that you were, when you were serving time, you received a Bible. Mm-hmm. So my mom, my mom and my Bible study leader, Edwina, um, gave a bunch of Bibles to the um, jail. There were some Bibles there, but they were amplified and um, ripped up and they, they would give them to you. But it was, it was, um, I have here, let me, here's my Bible. My Bible I've had since 97. And oh, wow. Every every page looks like 
you know, that. Oh, I see highlights yeah, in the not notes. Even, that's not even a, a I mean, it, it's, it's so marked up. It's um, personal to you. Well, it's personal and I can find anything I want in here. You know, I can, um, right. there's, there's nothing I can't find. There's a good concordance. It's, I don't know. It's just, it's yours. Anyways, <laughs> well, I mean, it's mine and it's yeah. me and it's, it's got everything in here where I prayed for my kids, where when Eli was sick, I, you know, just, just stuff. And so, um, and that's the one you didn't have. I did not have that one. No. And I, I know the word, I know the word. I love yeah. the word of God. It's Jesus, you know, it's Jesus. And you know, the word became flesh and, and I know the word. I don't know chapter and verse always, you know, um, but if I go to my Bible, I can find it because, you know, I've got it all marked up. So here are, this is the little Bibles they gave in their message translation. Um, I assume thinking that the inmates, this will be easier for them to read and comprehend. So it took me a few weeks and they gave me one. And so not only does it not have a concordance or not have, um, you know, any of my stuff uh, marked at all, of course, um, it's doesn't read the same, you know, John three sixteen does not yeah. read, you know, for God to love the world that he gave his only begotten son. And, and, um, you know, so I'm, I'm wanting to look up stuff. I'm wanting to look up, you know, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. I'm going to find all of this and, um, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding and all the ways acknowledge him and yes. he will direct your path. So I know all these verses and I've got all this in my heart and I really couldn't find anything. I mean, because it's, it's this weird message Bible and, um, but little by little by little, it just all started. And, you know, and, and I ended up marking up this Bible. This, this is a very, this is going to end up being a very, very, very special Bible to me. I open it up now and I find my little um, grocery list, you know, that, <laughs> we, my, you know, my peanut butter and my, <laughs> my stuff is in yeah. here, you know, and my, my uh, little Debbie's and uh, ramen noodles and whatever. Um, but the most significant thing, it, it was just like God showed up. It was, um, you know, a day in jail for me. Um, oh gosh. I'm, anyway, I would get up and clean and whatever. And then, um, 96 times around the tables were a mile and I walked two to five miles every day mm-hmm. and I would sing you know, um, I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. And I, I would sing that and I would sing the goodness of God and, and, and just all of this stuff, all of this fresh stuff from Bethel music. And, you know, and, and then I would sing all old songs and, and I had to sing under my breath and, and pretty much nobody got up. I mean, pretty much they stayed in bed all day long. There was nothing to do. You had to self-motivate. I read 135 books, I think in those 141 oh, wow. days something like that. Uh, not good books. Not good books. Yeah. Um, but so I felt the Lord, you know, he, I, I mean, he has, he has, you know, spoken to me about my, a ministry and about, you know, how this is my story and this is, it is what it is. And at the end of the day, um, you know, this is going to be used for my good. And I, and I believed that. And so I started writing down topics that I could, thought I could speak on. You know, and I started mm-hmm. with Naaman, and um, again, that's a that was I think my first or second blog, what, one one of them in there, and about you know him dipping in the Jordan River seven times, and I just believed, 
you know, I just wanted all seven dips while I was in that jail. I believed it was the Jordan. It's, it was, uh, you know, dirty and uh, yucky and awful. And, you know, I'm not a dirty, yucky person. I like clean things. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but then I had read, I had fallen in love with Hosea years before um, when I read um, Francine Rivers' Redeeming Love. And um, just knowing that was me, knowing I was Gomer and, you know, she keeps returning to prostitution and she has this man that adores her. And it's, you know, it's, it's um, showing us, you know, Jesus love for us. And we keep going back to this sin or we keep going back to what we think is going to fulfill us, even though we have this perfect husband, you know, right there. And so um, I've read Hosea many times and I started reading it in, um, you know, in jail. And I get to the second uh, chapter and I'm reading it in this message Bible, which I've not really ever read the message Bible. Mine is New King James, which I love. But um, so I'm reading and I get to chapter, I mean, to verse 14 in chapter two. And um, here it is. I don't know if you can see it, but it says, this is what it says. It says to start all over again. That's the heading. And, it, and 14 starts out, and it says, and now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start all over again. I'm going to take her back out into the wilderness where we had our first date, and I'll court her. I'll give her bouquets of roses. And here's the kicker. Out of nowhere, it says, I'll turn capital Heartbreak Valley oh. into capital Acres of Hope. Oh, wow. My name is Acres. <laughs> And I have lived in Heartbreak Valley. I mean, that's where I've lived. Now, in my Bible, in my Black Bible, it says, um, I will give her vineyards from there and the Valley of Anchor as a door of hope. Um, and then it says, she, 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 said, <laughs> she shall sing there as in the days of her youth. Um, and so it was, it was this big aha moment for me. I mean, I was just like, how, how? And so, um, that's where you got the name for your blog. I did. I did. That's, and I, that's I, spell awesome. it, I spell it acres with a K. Yeah. But, um, so that turned into my thing. And so that will be the, I, I, my first book that I wrote, you know, in those months, right before I went to jail, um, I tentatively named that book. It's, it's been edited. We're looking for a publisher. It's, it's not published yet, but, um, tentatively named it back again, backs against the wall. It's a song, an early song from June and line. It's when they sang when they were in college, Mm -hmm. you know, talking about when your back's against the wall, you're not alone and, you know, stand strong and hold on to hope. And so tentatively I've named it that I feel like, um, long-term, um, Several folks, I've had it prophesied over me, and then my agent and um, some others just feel like the story is in three books. Um, It's the before jail book, the kind of 2014 when I got my first DUI, till right before I went to jail. And then the second one will be jail and relapse and just kind of trying to get my feet back under me book. And hallelujah, the third book is the Restoration Redemption book. And so um, I That's feel like we're waiting on. Yeah, I'm wanting to get through book two yes. really badly. I really am. Um, so I can get to book three. But um, I feel like, and this is just a new thing, I feel like the trilogy will be called Acres of Hope. And it'll be one, two, and three. And by the time the third one comes, because they're only going to be about 200 pages or so, um, 
that they may end up being one book. I, I don't, I don't really know. I don't, I don't know. And yeah. as I was in, I, while I was in um, jail, um, I, I would read, we have <laughs> my mom, I'm a Joel Osteen fan. He's very encouraging. And I'm, I'm a words girl. And so I, I really, it's so good for me just to have that stuff deep in you. I'm also a, I'm also a Joyce Meyer um, for me. Uh, Joyce Meyer too, and I'm I'm a I'm a psychology major, and so I've got all these degrees in psychology, and you know I know what the Bible says about what we say about ourselves and our tongue, and um, you know how important it is the words that came up, come out of our mouth and how we speak life or death, and you know how very 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 important it is. I believe it's one reason my children are so good, um, is because I always spoke life over them. I never, ever spoke death over them. I never told them they were bad. I never, um, it was very much on my heart. Um, but, um, but it's also, it's not, you know, it's first and foremost, it's a biblical concept, but even the world acknowledges it, you know, with, um, cognitive, um, you know, therapy and, um, um, oh gosh, I just lost it. Um, it, it matters what you say. Right. And, um, so where was I? I was talking about Joel Osteen. I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, well, are you in, you're in recovery right now? I am in recovery. I've been in recovery for five years. I've been, um, uh, I've had a weird change in the last, just in the last few weeks. Um, I got up with this weird resolve about going to AA. And again, in my first book, I pretty much slam it. There's things I don't like. I don't like having to say I'm an alcoholic every time because, you know, again, the self-fulfilling prophecy, when you say things, that's what you become. When you, you know, your words are so important and I don't like that. And I had been in several meetings where they talked bad about God. And I just, I just, I don't know. I just, anyway, I, I took, the bad parts and picked it out yeah. and, and didn't recognize the good. Now the book I've always loved. I've loved, I love the book. I love Bill W. I love the, what it was founded on and um, those things, but I never took it seriously. I never took it seriously. But one day, a few weeks ago, I got up and I thought, you know what? I don't know what else to do. I'm not getting better. You know, I had relapsed during COVID. Um, which of course was set up for addicts to do. I'm certain the devil had a plan there because you can't isolate addicts. I mean, that's just the absolute, or at least certainly me, but that's just because that's what we do anyway when we're, when we're in an active addiction. But I just got up and was like, I'm going to go to AA and I'm, I'm going to do it. And, um, it's been amazing. That's and great. It, it's so weird. And I'm going to have to probably apologize and put in my book too for what I said. And I was always forced to go. You know, I did after rehab, I did sober living twice. And they make you go every single day. And I'm telling you, I resented it and hated it. Um, and the last, and I never spoke. I sat there. I never. Could that be it. back when you resented it and hated it? Because I didn't ask you about this um, yet. You Have you ever been in denial? Could that have been when you were maybe... Um, it's not, I mean, yes, yes, of course I've been in denial. I have, um, and, you know, again. Um, because don't they tell you to say that? Um, to remind yourself. Yes, to yeah, admit. Yeah, they, to they, admit. They, they do. That's what they say. And, but, um, 
denial for me, um, you know, my ex-husband does not believe it's a disease, like I said earlier. And so I think he felt that if I had more self-control, I could drink normally. And so I think part of me believed that too. Um, I didn't want to be an alcoholic. I didn't want the AA folks to be my people. I, you know what I mean? I didn't, I mean, they're lovely people, most of them, but I did not, that's, that's, I, I, I didn't, it's, it's not that I was saying I didn't have a problem because I, I knew I had a problem. That wasn't, that was never a question. Right. Um, so denial, yes, but, um, I don't know. Mostly I just don't like being told what to do. I'm pretty stubborn. Um, and Judah says that in more than one of his songs and I am, and he's just like me. So it's not like he can say anything, but, um, you know, and that came out by the way, um, right before, well, I listened to it, I think in November. Um, and, um, he had told me he was going to write, the album about, you know, about these experiences. And, um, my first reaction was Judah, you are uncovering me. You know, I'm, I'm Noah and I'm drunk and I'm laying there naked. And, you know, one of the sons covered him up and was blessed. And one of them uncovered him was cursed and you are uncovering me and I'm not cool with it. (laughs) And he told me, he said, well, if you don't approve, I won't do it. And, um, so he sent it to me. Um, I was sober you know, at the time I'd been sober and written the book and all of that. Um, and I cried and I laughed and I, you know, it was, it's very, very, very personal, very personal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so I called him and I left that message, um, which is on family best is yet to come on the album. And, um, you know, it was, it was touching and it was, it was hard to listen to because, um, it, it, it didn't just speak of him. It spoke of all three children. He talks about his brother and sister a lot in it and um to realize you're the source of somebody's heartbreak is with the people you love more than anybody in the world was um you know that should have been enough to keep me completely sober but the the thing is nothing can right you know until you are internally mo- motivated it's just not gonna at least that's what i believe we'll see you know we'll see well but, i wanted to ask you too for those that may be in your shoes or have been in your shoes or they know somebody that's going through something like this, how, um, through your circumstances, how could you explain to them whether they know whether they're actually addicted or just somebody that likes to drink? Well, it talks about that in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous about heavy drinkers versus alcoholics. And, um, it's pretty much a fine line that I think if you find yourself powerless over alcohol, are you, are you controlling the alcohol or is it controlling you? Can you stop? Can you just stop? Um, if you can just put it down and stop, you're probably not. I mean, if you can just walk away from it and, you know, not do it, but if you cannot, if you are powerless, um, that's what step one says, you know, to admit you're powerless over alcohol and your life has become unmanageable. And so is this affecting your life? Do you have friends that are worried about you? Um, you know, um, I, I don't, is it out of control? Is it, um, it's, it's pretty much, are you controlling it or is it controlling you? Because once, once it's control, once it's in control, then you've, it's like the horse is out of the barn and yeah. you're not going to get it back. And 
it says also in the big book that it's a progressive disease. It does not get better or lesser. It gets yeah. more and more. And even, you know, and I, I had seven months before I relapsed this time. And, um, and I thought I was done. I really did. I thought, I thought it was it. And, um, how does that feel when you went that terrible. long? When you had that, that much sobriety? Yeah. And then realize uh, that you're back. Well, I, I think for me, I, I get to thinking I've got it, you know, I get to, and it's not uncommon, you know, to think, to think you've got this now. Um, do you think Satan has anything to do with that? You know, that's hard to say. I don't, I don't know if the devil made me do it. You know, I know it's a disease and I know God didn't, you know, put it right. on me. So as far as a disease, um, you know, I, I don't, you do talk about the devil tell oh, yeah. you lies. Well, he is a liar yeah. and his, his lies are easy to believe. I do. I talk about the liar on the left and the righteous on the right. Mm -hmm. And that, and you know, I did that a lot in counseling and school counseling. And I, of course I didn't word it like that, but I said, we all have a little devil and we all have a little angel. Mm -hmm. And you know, the Lord is speaking over me constantly, you know, telling me I am worthy and I'm loved and I have a purpose and a plan and I will fulfill that. And my latter days will be better than my former days and the best is yet to come. And, you know, and that there is hope and that none of this is wasted. You know, none of this is wasted, but the devil's over there absolutely on my, in my ear screaming, you are not worthy. Look at all you had. You had a husband that loved you. You have parents that loved you. You were never abused. You've got these three perfect children. And, and while my kids were growing up, I mean, people were jealous because my kids were so good. I mean, I did, I had it good. We had, you know, I had nice cars and we own a business and, you know, so he's, he's loud in my, my ear. He was, and he continues to be, you know, Susanna here, you've written all this blog, you've written all this book and you can't get your feet under you. And, um, but I have a very good friend, um, Amber, um, who said, Susanna, you know, it's okay to write from the middle. It's okay to write from the middle. You know, most, most books are terrible beginnings and then these fairy tale endings, but you don't get a big chunk of what's going on in the middle, you know, when you're fighting to get I to like that. that. Yeah. And I so I've never heard that before. I, I, I really like that. Yeah, I hadn't either. And so I had quit blogging pretty much. You know, I had quit um just because I'm embarrassed. You know, my, my daughter had said when I got out of jail, she said, Mom, you got out of jail, you know, guns blazing. And I did because I had a new resolve. Um I was traumatized, very much traumatized. Um still I am you know, still am got, have quite a bit of trauma. Um, but you know what? God is big and it, it's, it's going to be used for his good. I, I certainly believe I will have a ministry that, um, has to do, you know, with alcohol and with uh, recovery and with, um, but I've got to get to the other side, you know, I've got to get to the other side, but in the meantime, um, I've been very much encouraged to, write about what's, go, you know, what's going on now. You know, what is relapse like? What does it feel like? Um, the good thing for me, finally, is I do think, at least to a certain degree, I have let go of the guilt and the shame of it. That's um, good. And accepted that this is part of recovery. And as much as I don't want to relapse, as much as I don't want to be an alcoholic, as much as I don't want all the things, um, it is part of it. And most people do. Um, maybe not for five years or 10 years or whatever I've been, you know, looking at, but um, there is an ending point. 
and I'm really hoping this is it. You know, you're scared to say it is because you've said it was before and then it wasn't. And so I'm reluctant to just say, I feel so good about it because I do. Um, so but, is it is it true what they say? You're always in recovery? Yes. Yeah, okay. forever. Yeah, just forever. Kind of, forever. Yeah. yeah. It's a, and that's overwhelming to me because I'm a finish line girl. You know, you tell me if you'll do this, this, and this, at the end you'll have this. You know, if you go to school hard, 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 you can have two degrees in two years. And I did. I took way too many hours to, you know, but I wanted to, you know, just work hard. If you told me, I think I've used this example before. If you could tell me, I, there's a there's an empty lot next to me, and if you told me I could go eat all that grass, if I ate it blade by blade, I'd be healed. I would go do that, and I would not quit until I did it. And that would be so great because it'd be <laughs> over. But no. this is not. This is never. No, no I love your attitude. I do. <laughs> you have an awesome attitude, which brings me to um, where. Where is God in all of this? Could you see him working through your addiction? And Oh, yes. Oh, yes. He has given me so much favor and so much. Um, I have never felt abandoned. I've felt so lonely. You know, I've, I've felt so lonely. And that's that's been a catalyst for the last, you know, the last three years. Um, but, you know, he never has left me or forsaken me. He has never. He has always sent me people. He has always been there. Um my church is just absolutely, I don't know. It's like heaven. I mean, it sounds it like you have good. an awesome support I, group. I do have a good support and he's always had somebody there. You know, he, he opened up this job for me. I was able to go back to school counseling for a year after going to jail. Unbelievable. Um, so I are you able to I, go back to work after all of this? Oh, yeah. I went COVID back to school Yeah, here in Metro. But, so you're um, back to work now? Well, I'm not going Until, back. They, okay. No, they closed my school down permanently. It's closed down. And I had some other issues this year. I relapsed this year. Okay. You know, and so, well, you know, after the first of the year. And so it just wasn't. It's, it's, the chapter is over. And I'm, I'm back to writing full time. I haven't, um, Anyway, I was supposed to start this week, and it hasn't. I lost my phone, and some things, have, or I didn't lose it. I dropped it in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I know someone oh. else that dropped theirs in the toilet, and that's one of my fears. <laughs> it it in your back pocket. Yeah, yeah it happens. <laughs> but, uh, but my agent, um, uh, David and Ch- Chance, they're um, – uh, Chase, they're awesome. I speak to David more and they're very encouraging and, you know, really um, just kind of taking me in. It was kind of a, a strange God thing, you know, that I met them and they like my book and that they're promoting it and um, it, very encouraging, just loving people, you know, prayed with me and, um, and, and I'm just, it's time for me to write. It's, it's time for me. I really want to get through this second book because I want to get to the third book. The yeah. third book is very important to me. And I, I started, this is what I was going to say earlier that I forgot. I started um, when I was, when we were in jail, my mom, I was saying I love Joel Osteen and my mom brought some Joel Osteen books and gave them, you know, to the, to the jail, but they won't give them to me. They put them on a book cart or put them in the, the room where they keep our limited amount of books and you can't get them. So, so this girl, this inmate, 
stole one out of the <laughs> out of the library thing when we had had church one night. She stole it, and it was a devotion book that my mom had given, um, and it was awesome. Oh my goodness, it was so encouraging, and I, I just it was. Oh gosh, it was so great. It was so great to just have those words, you know, because he's so yeah. good about speaking over you, you know, that the promises that the Lord has told you, and I have many, many, many of them, you know, I have many of them yeah. about the best being yet to come and that, that these are not, you know, how it is now is not how it's going to be. And my latter days will be better than my former days. And I'm going to know more happiness. I'm not dance my last dance. I've not laughed my last laugh. And, you know, just so much hope for the future. And I've always had that. I've always, I've always believed that. But so I was reading it one day and one of the things, uh, one of the um, devotions was like, um, you know, you, it's really important to be thankful. And that is true. And that's, you know, and I did that even in jail, um, you know, would write down a thankful list about, you know, I've got healthy kids and grandkids and I've got my health and goodness knows I don't deserve to have my health, but I do. And anyway, he was saying, you know, just dinner with your family or looking at the stars or, you know, being just grateful. And I thought, Joel Osteen, dude, you can tell me I'm going to have a seven million house in the Hamptons and that would be just as attainable to me right now as looking at the stars I mean that is so you know you you couldn't see anything and so I started writing a uh, first of all I started writing a bible study um, for inmates mm-hmm. and um, families of inmates and that's kind of I've, I've got that started I started that in jail um, I've got my little, I brought it over here. This was my little, this is what kept all my stuff. This is my calendar and it's my little folder and it's, it's got all my stuff. And I don't know if you can see, but it's yeah, got, I see. got where I started. Um, anyway, I started writing a Bible study and I started writing a devotional, you know, um, because it's a little bit different. What you're thankful for in jail is a little bit different than what you're thankful for when you're not in jail, you know? Um, and well, you I know, mentioned something like that in your blog about confinement. And contentment. And yes. contentment. Yes. yes. Well, because I was not content in jail and, and I want to tell you, I wanted to be, and I knew I wasn't, I, I knew I wasn't. Um, I prayed to be, I wanted to be like Paul. I wanted to be content in jail. And uh, uh, I accepted it, and I knew I was going to be okay. But I don't think I was ever really content. I mean, maybe a little bit. Um, And so um, I I had had someone say, um, someone in a jail ministry say, well, now – with the pandemic and, you know, the stay at home order, we can understand what it's like to be in jail. And, uh, no, no, no. uh, uh-uh. because you have an actual bed yeah, and not a, a green mattress. that's that thick that your face sticks to because you've only got one sheet that's not fitted that you have to tie underneath with, you know, strips of sheets. Um, you have an actual pillow. You've got your family with you more than likely. Um, you have more than a ratty blanket with holes in it. Um, you know, you don't have to wear orange all day long. You don't have to eat bologna sandwiches at five o'clock and that's all you get. You know, there's so, 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 so much, um, you know, uh, I I mean, I couldn't understand it. You know, I had spent a night in jail with both D with the first two, well, all three DUIs. I had to spend a night each time 
and that was traumatic, but you could choose not to take a shower. You could choose not to eat so you don't have to go to the bathroom in front of everybody. But when you're in there for 141 days, dude, you, you, you have to do it, get over it. And you just, and it's nasty and gross and awful. And I mean, the toilets are wide open, wide open. You can sit on the toilet and see the TV across the room. It's, it's, um, it is not a happy, good place. It's not, but thankfully for me, you know, the result is, is honestly in a weird way, a blessing. You know, my agents were like, you know, we hate that this happened to you and you know, this is awful and tragic, but honestly it makes for a better story. I mean, it just does. And, um, you know, so when I got out of jail, I just decided to just put it out there, just do it because I had, um, my, the, the name, my website is called SusannaAcres.com instead of AcresOfHope.com because I wanted, when people search for Susanna Acres for my mugshots, not to be the first thing to come up. And, um, and then, you know what? And, and they said, no, we don't, we, my agents were like, nah, we like the mugshots mug there. You know, it, it, it's real. So I just kind of decided to own it. And um, as you know, from reading my blog, I po- posted all of them. And especially mm-hmm. there's one that's just completely horrible. It's, it's, I call it my Mel Gibson uh, <laughs> mugshot, you know, that one awful one of him. And, um, and it's embarrassing and it's, you know, it's, it's all the things that with everything in me, I believe it's what's going to catapult what well, I believe will be my ministry. To recover um, and get through it, you have to own it, right? Well, and I'm not the only one, right. you know, you know, I was the only one in there, you know, with the education that I have and the job, you know, I was those things, but I'm, I, but I'm no different. I'm no different than any of those. And, and, and I was in there with mostly meth addicts and drug traffickers. And I slept right next to a murderer. And, um, it was, it was, they could not believe, um, no one in there could believe the sentence I got, for what I did for a public in talks, which they pretty much don't even charge people with. Um, and it landed me, you know, 141 days in jail. So, you know, but you think that's the way it was supposed to be? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. I I just think it's, it's that belly of the whale thing. Hmm. You know, I think, you know, you don't want to be in the belly, belly of the whale. Jonah didn't want to be in the belly of the whale, but the belly of the whale is his story. You know, the belly of the well is his story. And he did get, you know, I think a lot about that too, about Jonah, because I do think, um, you know, it relates to my story. But, you know, when the, when the whale barfed him up, (laughs) I mean, you have to think about that for a minute. He was on dry ground. So I assume it was sand. And, you know, so he's got whale guts and sand all over him. So he doesn't come out of there completely clean. Yeah, he's not clean. It's not like he got thrown up out of the well and now everything is good i mean he had to clean up he had to you know go through the motions yeah oh my goodness so you know so i've learned to just take it easy on myself you know it's 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 it but i I never want to be a victim or act like it's an excuse um it's hard not to get into self-pity and why me and you know um and what's ironic um I had had people ask me to write a book. Um, Judah has been on me to write a book forever, but I had had people ask me before any of this happened before, you know, before the separation, before anything. And I'm like, I don't even have a story. You know, what would I write a book about? And they're, you know, about raising children and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, 
you know, I just, I just didn't feel like I have it in me, but something Joel Osteen says is, um, if you have something that keeps coming up, a dream or a vision or something that you believe, you know, is God, it is God. And if you've had it on your heart to write a book, go write the book. And, um, and basically Judah had said to me, my mom actually just published her second book. Um, really? Yeah, she's amazing. She, her first book is called Are We There Yet? And it's a journey into the presence of God. And uh, it was published several years ago. And this one, this new one is on um, Song of Solomon. And so she's... I'll have, she's I'll have to put those on like Amazon. Uh-huh, they are. They both are. Sarah I'll Ram- look those up and I'll buy them. Sarah Ramsey. Yeah, they're very deep spiritually. I mean, she's a very deep spiritual person. She's 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 awesome but judas said mom i'm a writer nan's a writer i know you're a writer you've got to do this and so you know and writing um is not it's it sounds like it would be an easy thing it sounds like whoo i'm a writer right it's not you know it's not it's work and it's even even though i don't have to do a lot of research and i don't have to do even if mine's just kind of a memoir or whatever, it's still, um, it's hard to see what you write sometimes and face it's, it. It's work. Yeah. yeah, it's work. Um, I would go to the coffee shop and I would sit there literally at Starbucks for 30 minutes and I would top, 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 and everything would just kind of come out easily. And then I would hit a brick wall almost every single day. And I would feel the Holy spirit tell me, you know, push through, you've got to push on through. And I would literally start, this is true story. I would literally start writing and almost like wake up three hours later and I would have all these words and I would go back and read them and not really even remember writing them. That's just the truth of it for me. That's how it happened for me. It just started coming out of me and I'm hoping, you know, that's what happens this time. A lot of what I've written in the blog will be in the second book um you know and maybe verbatim i don't know i may take some of it exactly out Um, i'm going to try to get more aggressive with the blog and and at least get one out every couple of weeks um now that i'm not working i when i started school i it kind of i kind of slowed down a lot and then i had this relapse and i'm certainly not writing during a relapse so um but i'm 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 ready to go back at it and you know my friends are really encouraging me um you know so well I appreciate you sharing your story definitely is very hard but you are very encouraging thank you I'm really inspired by talking to you today so thank you well you're really sweet for having me so you did you mention your blog where can we find your blog um susannaacres.com and then you go to the acres of hope um and and uh, something we're going to re- redo my page. I've got a wonderful friend. Her name's Miranda, and I actually met her through Judah in the Line. She did merch for them early on. They're very very early days, and we became really good friends. And we're concert buddies now. And she's just a dear dear friend. And she's young, and so she's helped me with my website and with my blog. And um, um, it. When you go to my blog, the most recent one shows up first, and it's more beneficial if you start at the first one and, yes. and, and move through. Read up. Um, um, the first couple talk a lot about my jail experience. Um, you know, Drunk Susanna uh, was probably one of my, my favorites because I think that's really how I feel. Um, you know, so it's um, 
but I'm, I'm hopefully we're going to get it, get a new format for it and okay. um, set it up differently. I don't like that. You kind of have to scroll through all of them to go back. Well, to I'm the waiting post. for your next post. So well, I'm looking for did, that. I, did you read the most recent one? I did not advertise it um, about know your enemy. Yes. I, I, my lesson. Okay. That was yes, my last I actually one. had a question on here and we didn't yeah. get to that one. Um, I was going to ask, let's see, let me look. I, I, I'd read somewhere on your blog that, you said perspective is everything. And then you began to ask yourself questions like, I, am I living for love or for fear? Is my Mm -hmm. empty nest or my loneliness or your guilt or shame or your fear? Is that, is that your enemy? And you answered. answered, Yeah. Fear is the enemy fear for me. And I've always believed this. Um, Everything is fear-based. I mean, everything that we deal with that's yucky is fear-based. I mean, it's just it just is rejection, um, anxiety, depression. Um, I, for me, everything I fight is fear, and so being lonely, um, fear. And so alcohol is not the problem. It was my solution. Alcohol is my medicine. So, in in reality. The uh, the enemy is is fear. It's the devil, you know, because God has yeah. not given us a spirit of fear. But I love it because it says He's given us a spirit of power, love, and He's given us power, love, and a sound mind. So if, and I could talk all day about this. If fear is a spirit, then those other things are spirits too. And the difference between it being a spirit and just being a a, a thing or whatever is a spirit comes in and takes hold of you. And if you live in fear, you can't, you love and faith can't exist with fear. They really can't. Um, because it, you know, where he says he's not given a spirit of fear, but of power. That means I have power. And that means I can have power over this, even though I'm powerless over alcohol, I can take power back and um and walk in love toward myself first of all i mean you know of course towards jesus but i have to love myself and and that's a that's a hard thing you know that's a hard thing when you when you've walked this this yucky yucky stuff out and um but you know the bible says to love your neighbor as yourself and i just do not believe you can love your neighbor if you don't love yourself not really and so um learning to do that and doing that is, um, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know if I say this. I might, I think I say this in my first book, but I was, um, having such a hard time forgiving myself, um, early on back in 2015 when I got the DUIs and there was a wreck involved and a child was involved and it was, it was, it was terrible. And I, it was just awful. And I just could not forgive myself. And I was praying about it one night at one of the rehabs, I think it was the second rehab I was at in Dallas. And I was like, Lord, I just can't, I cannot forgive myself. I just, I don't know what to do. And he said to me in my spirit, you are so arrogant. You are so arrogant. Who are you that you can't forgive yourself? What, what else is it you would have me do? What would you have me do? I gave my son, he shed his blood to forgive you. What, 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 what more can I do? What, you know, you, for you to say that I forgive you and I'm God of the universe. Give me a break. That's, you know, forgive yourself. It was so, it was pretty much like that. I mean, it was pretty much 
a little smack on the hand, you know, you, you think too highly of yourself. But and it was true because I, I knew the Bible. I knew Jesus. I've been baptized. I was saved when I was five and I really believe I was. And I, I knew better. I, I, you know, and, and he's like, you cannot, you can't, you just cannot be that way. You can't, you know, and so it was a, it was a real, and it took a while. It took a while. Um, but I have, you know, and then some people think if you forgive yourself, um, you know, then you're making light of it. You know, you're, um, not taking it serious and you're not, um, owning it. Maybe, you know, that maybe you should live, you know, in sackcloth and not wear makeup and, you know, beat yourself up for the rest of your life and I have come to believe and I've known all my life that that's just not that's just not how it is Mm -hmm. and if it was um you know I'd be going straight to hell anyway you know if I if I had to earn my way into heaven I would have I would have given up a long time ago um but you know the love of God and the forgiveness and the I don't know just the love of Jesus and the love of um you know, when he looks at me, he doesn't see yesterday. You know, he sees the blood of Jesus. When he looks at me, he sees me white as snow and doesn't remember. If we could only do that with ourselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. Well, this so, has been an awesome conversation. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, I look forward to your first book coming out <laughs> so I can <laughs> buy it and read it. And then well, you say you. you're working on your second one now. I'm starting, yes. And you're hoping yeah. for a third one. And I am really waiting on that third one because yeah, the by then... One, the third one's the big one. The third one's the... the thir- I mean, the second one is going to be interesting because it's going to be all about jail. And, you know, most people... You know, m- none of my friends have ever been in jail. You know, I know, I know some people kind of live in that environment and, you know, understand it way more than me and have been there a lot longer than me and suffered way more than I ever suffered. Um... But yeah, so the second one's going to be the jail book. And then, yes, I'm looking very much forward to the third one because it's going to be the restoration book, whatever that's going to look like. That'd be great. I'm super excited. So I'm hoping you'll come back. Well, I will. Thank you. Thank Thank you you for having me. I really appreciate it. Now you're on Instagram, right? I am. I am. Susanna Akers. Uh, I think it's Susanna underscore Akers. And then Akers of Hope is on there as well. Okay. Uh, They are both public. Um, and so what's going on with uh, Judah and the lion right now? Are they um, just waiting to get out? Um, you know, they just released the most beautiful song. Oh, my goodness. It's called Beautiful Anyway. And yeah. I heard actually on Sirius uh, XM yesterday that Judah wrote that for Nate, that Nate had, had um, Nate is the banjo player, and that he had struggled with some, um, you know, just some hard times, and that Judah wrote that for him. And it's just... That's great. It's a beautiful song about, about, you know, just depression and being sad and coming out of it. And um, so I know they're writing and doing. Thankfully, they had just come off tour. They had. um, I was on, I went and saw them on that tour. So I'm glad I got to see them before all this happened. Well, and they ironically wrote the um, theme song to the Nashville Soccer Club. for their for their team and got to play in front of that 60,000 people at um at the first game like 2 weeks before the shutdown. Mm. So they were, you know, they they were um that was really good and so um I do think they had planned to go out with somebody um but you know obviously that didn't happen but they um Judah has started his own little 
um, kind of funky, um, I don't know if it's a band or I don't, I don't know yeah. what you call it, but it's called Pink Laundry Pink. and they actually released a new song today called Thumbs Up. And so it's, it's fun. You know, he's, I, I know he's staying busy. He's, he's not a, he's not the type to sit around and do nothing, but I don't know what to expect from the band, you know. And then your daughter, she's, she has a blog. She has the blog that is amazing. It's called The Little Williams. Um, she sells leather bows and um, just really cute things for, for, little, for little girls, just adorable little leather bows. And, um, but her blog is, is very, very inspirational. It's, um, I think she is definitely a writer. I think she's got yes. books in her. Um, but she's, uh, she writes about the mommy stuff. And, you know, she's got three babies now. Well, they're four to one. And, um, it's, I'm so proud of her. It's, it's so, I don't know how she does it, but yes, it was definitely worth a read for sure. Yes. I'm following it. You have such a creative family also. Well, thank you. I do. I do. But I, I appreciate it. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the best. They really are. They make me look better than I am. That's for sure. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Well, again, I appreciate you coming on. And, um, Thank you so much. I hope to see you again sometime. And uh, I'm here in, in Tennessee, too, so maybe we can always hook up sometime. I, I would love that. That would be you amazing. Too. Thanks right. so much, Laura. Thank okay. you. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that is the conclusion of today's Tuesday Talk. And I truly appreciate Susanna coming on and sharing her hard story Um did want to mention she belongs to the belonging co-church in Nashville where she resides and um, you know it's it's very encouraging to see someone like her and many like her that are able to open up and be so transparent in sharing their struggle and I appreciate also all of her wealth of wisdom And my prayers are with her and her family for the success of uh, her second and third book that she's looking forward to doing because that would be the book of her restoration. So, Susanna, again, thank you so much. And um, the last thing I want to do on here is definitely um, I do a I got to do a plug for Judah and the Lion because I love their music. But not only that, this song that I'm about to play um, Judah wrote and he wrote it about his mother and Susanna um, Susanna is actually in it and uh, it's on well Judah and the Lion is they're an American alternative band and their band and their album that they had out last year is called Pep Talks and it has 17 songs on it which is a collection of the heartache and trauma that uh, he turned into an authentic inspiration of hope. And the last song on the album is called Family, The Best is Yet to Come. And it features his mother, Susanna, and it features her as she responds to him after she's listened to the album before he's released it. And you will be able to hear her recorded voice on that and just take a listen to the song it is just absolutely beautiful so i want to leave that with you and i hope you guys have a great day and i hope you come back next tuesday
Bye-bye. Hey, I listen. I just got finished listening to the album, and um, I cried a little. I laughed a little. But, um, dude, I love it, and I, I think it's real and raw, and I think you did the right thing. And I think it not only um, may bring, you know, help and hope to a lot of others, I think it, it gave me a lot of hope. And um, anyway, I loved it. I guess you're just broken I guess you're just hoping for more I guess you're just reaching I guess you're just in need of love But you're not alone You're not alone just broken I guess I'm just hoping for more I guess I'm just reaching I guess I'm just in need of love I'm not alone I'm not alone in I'm not alone, I'm not alone in this. I just wanted to come tell you I'm proud of you. And I'm, um, you know... I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to pay through all that. I do. I hate it. I hate it. But I, I think I think it's real and I think it's wrong. And I think it's, you know, I think it's precious and I love it. And um, I'm, I'm so proud of you. I'm glad you're my son. So I'm glad you're real and, and can, I, just, I don't know, I just love you and I thank you. Thank you.